councillors, as well as those people listening to the broadcast, to this virtual Uttlesford District Council meeting. I also welcome the five public speakers and the member of the press who are in attendance. For the benefit of the smooth running of the meeting, I will start by running through a few rules of procedure. The regulations governing virtual meetings state that you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, for the benefit of those listening in, in a moment, I will ask the Democratic Services Officer to take a register so that anyone listening will know who is present. Please keep yourself on mute, particularly Councillor Barker, at all times when you're not speaking. This prevents undue distraction from background noise. The mute button can be found at the bottom left hand of your uh, corner of your screen in normally. Uh, with the exception of the vice chair and the lead officer, please do not speak unless I ask you to. To indicate that you wish to speak, please click on the participants tab at the bottom of the screen so that, so that a white column appears down the right hand side of the screen. At the bottom of this caller, column should be a raise hand button. When you click it, a blue hand will appear by your name and that will indicate to myself and the vice chair that you're wanting to speak. Uh, when you're finished speaking, please then click on the lower hand button so that others may have their turn. Interruptions to raise a point of order will be permitted. However, if your point of order is not valid, you will be asked to raise your hand like others wishing to speak. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen to give your apologies for leaving a meeting partway through or to note that you have returned. This will make it easier for myself and officers to note your absence on your return. We will then announce, we will then announce that you have left or returned to the meeting for the benefit of the audio record. And now hand over to Democratic Services Officer, Chris, are you doing this? Uh, to, for, for a register of those councillors present. Go Thank ahead, you, Chris. Chair. Thank you, Chair. Please indicate you're present when I call your name. Councillor Armstrong, who I don't think I've seen. No. Councillor Asker. Not present, Chris. Councillor Bagnall. Present. Councillor Barker. Present. Councillor Caton. Present. Councillor Coote. Here. Councillor Crisioni. Present. Councillor Day. Councillor Dean. I'm present. Um, can I just say that Councillor Sell is struggling to get in? Uh, he, he, he is in now, Chair, I think. Right. Uh, Councillor Driscoll. Present. Councillor Eek. Yeah. Councillor Evans. Present. Councillor Fairhurst. Present. Councillor Foley. Present. Councillor Freeman. Present. Councillor Gregory. Present. Councillor Hargreaves. Present. Councillor Isham. Present. Councillor Jones. Present. 
Councillor Khan. Present. Councillor Lavelle. Present. Councillor LeCount. LeCount, no. Councillor Lees. Present. Councillor Lemon. Present. Councillor Light. Present. Councillor Lodge. Present. Councillor Lachlan. Present. Councillor Luck. Present. Councillor Merrifield. Present. Councillor Oliver. Councillor Oliver, no. Councillor Pavitt. Present. Councillor Pepper. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Sell. Present. Councillor Stora. Present. Councillor Sutton. Present. Councillor Taylor. Present. And Councillor DeFries. Present. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, just a note, on those items that will require a decision, votes will be taken by way of roll call other than by affirmation of the meeting, where there is no dissent. When a vote is taken, I will state whether it is unanimous or, if close, the numbers for and against. Now, before I formally commence the meeting, I would ask members to join me in a moment, in a minute's silence, for two employees who have passed away recently. David Wise passed away on Saturday the 30th of May following an accident on his motorbike. He was just 35. David was our Grounds Maintenance and Highway Supervisor at Shire Hill and had worked for the Council since 2014. Our thoughts are with David's fiancé Kim and closest friends at this most difficult time. Hannah Jackson passed away on Tuesday the 23rd of June after a 12-month battle with cancer, which she bravely fought to the end. She was just 36 years old. Hannah was our visiting officer within the Revenue Service and had worked for the council for nearly four years. Our thoughts are with her husband, David, known as Jacko, and their two young children. If we were in the chamber, we would, of course, uh, ask to stand, but I would ask members to remain seated while we hold a minute's silence. So if we just observe a minute's silence, please.
Thank you. Right. Um, we have five public speakers this evening. Yeah, sorry, could I just interrupt briefly and tell you that three three councillors have joined since I took the roll call. I don't know, shall I call their three names out just for... Um, yes, yes, thank you, Chris, thank you. Okay, is Councillor Armstrong, who I've seen? Yeah. Councillor Asker? Can you unmute, Councillor Asker? Here, but I don't know how long for. Hello. Okay. Thank you. Are you, are you having a problem? Very poor connection. Okay. And Councillor Oliver was uh, originally here as well. Yes, he's here. Thank you very much. That just leaves Councillor LeCount uh, missing, Chair. Thank you very much. As I was saying, we have five publics, uh, I think it's four uh, uh, now, is that, is that right? Ben, or is it five? I think we will be having five, Chair, with um, oh. Millie Walter taking Wojciech's oh, place. Of course, yeah. Millie's taking over from uh, Wojciech, is that right? Good. Um, we have five public speakers this evening. I invite Edward, Edward Gildia. Are you there, Edward? Gildia, sorry, brother. Edward? I am indeed, yes. I see you now. Sorry, Edward, I didn't see you on the screen. Thank you. Uh, the, floor, the floor is yours for three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. So Edward Gilday from the Green Party and uh, Eco Church team leader for St Mary's. We are custodians of our rivers and particularly here in Upplesford of our very rare chalk streams. We must preserve them for future generations and not to continue to exploit and exhaust them regardless of the consequences. Since privatisation, Huge dividends have been paid out to shareholders, £13.5 billion since 2010, while pipes have continued to leak 3 billion litres of water, and water is extracted regardless of the effect on the aquifer and ecosystems. But it is not just about future generations. We are on the cusp of a crisis now. Councillor Pavitt's paper makes frightening reading. We are facing a water supply emergency. The River Cam is at its lowest level since records began, as are the aquifers, and not due to the lack of rain, due to over-extraction. And as water levels drop, the pollution becomes more concentrated, causing further damage to our ecosystems. Then, during the floods, which are now our new normal, sewage stations are overwhelmed, and release untreated sewage into our precious streams. There is nothing more elemental and crucial to our existence than water. We and the natural world depend upon it totally and equally. So I urge you to support Councillor Pavitt's excellent motion with its clear resolutions with regard to the local plan, the planning application procedure, water conservation, raising public awareness and working closely with the Environment Agency. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I now invite, is it Chia Broby? Did I say that it, right? It's Tichia Broby. I apologise. No problem. I apologise for two things. First of all, um, for, for those looking, um, it might be 
see me squint at the uh, at the screen. I have a cataract problem and I can't really read it very well. So, uh, the chair, the floor Thank is yours. Thank you, chair. Um, so yes, my name is Tachia Broby and I'm a teacher at the Saffron Warren County High School and have been since 2002, so that's almost 20 years, alongside my colleague Sam Locke. Uh, we've both been appointed as diversity uh, champions at the school from September 2019. Um, now, we're soon to be joined by Mr Paul Singh as assistant head. He will also be overseeing the diversity team. To give a bit of background to why the role was created, um, now, as you know, Saffron Walden is a predominantly white town, white British, I should add, uh, which is actually 95% identifying as white British, higher than the national average. And naturally, the county high school reflects that. Um, we do have a lower than average, um, to use the catch-all term, BAME. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with that, to be clear. This isn't a criticism. It just happens to be the demographic of this town. Um, so the school felt that um, aware of the fact, really, that um, because we're a predominantly white school, some students that do have a minority background can feel different and other. And that can have a negative effect on some students. And we're in the business of wanting all students to thrive, to be the best that they can be, to fulfil their potential and all have a sense of belonging. So this role is very important and we feel it's actually important for all our students, no matter what colour or background they have, because we want to prepare them to go into the world, into the modern world, uh, to work in diverse workplaces and to be well equipped to do that. So we feel it's a win-win. Um, now, um, we've run a number of initiatives um, we've um, trained staff both last September and this September on issues such as unconscious bias, um, terminology, um, how to deal with racist incidents should they occur. Uh, we've, also, we've also run whole school assemblies and this is to raise issues uh, surrounding diversity. So it might be the kind of um, banter students sometimes allow themselves to use with each other and making them understand the difference between friendly banter and actually quite offensive banter. Uh, we've had ex-students um, come to the school to support that. We have a diversity allies group meeting once a week. Um, this exists alongside the LGBTQ allies group. Highlight for me was meeting Benjamin Zephaniah with a diversity allies group. Um, and we also have an external consultant that's worked with us um, to mentor students. And um, we were delighted that UDC actually helped us arrange some hate uh, crime training for 20 of our students who are now hate incident ambassadors for the school. And their role is fundamentally to be role models for other students uh, on the issue of diversity, but also to offer support to any students who may have uh, been victims of racism and also to help the perpetrators understand why what they did was wrong. Uh, so they have run restorative justice sessions to support that. Um, and so um, we're also really looking forward to working with Saffron Hall on a multicultural arts project next year. And uh, UDC have expressed an interest to meet with BAME students in the autumn term to hear their experiences. And obviously, we're fully supportive of that and really pleased that the council has um, shown initiative and interest in this area. So we look forward to working with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'm going to call on Samantha Nike 
uh, if to give her a statement. Samantha, I can see you there. Are you ready? Yeah. Good. Yes. I'll leave it. I'll, the floor is yours for three minutes. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Samantha Knight, and I'm addressing you as a member of the public on Agenda Item 10, Statement of Commitment to Action regarding equality, inclusion and diversity. I'm a BAME woman and I live in Newport. I grew up in London. I experienced racism in school where a friend told me she could no longer speak to me because her mother had said not to because I was black. This was very upsetting and happened when I was four years old. We lived in an area called Chingford in London that had few BAME people in common with Saffron Morden. I was the only black person in my year and I experienced racist abuse and bullying and it was isolating. Um, my father's life was also stressful. He was uh, assaulted twice in the streets of Chingford. My mother was racially abused often in the streets of Chingford. And also when we went on family days out to, for instance, visit beaches and castles. As a child, I found this upsetting. And that was why perhaps I was also upset to read about the racial abuse of a woman in Saffron Walden as reported in the Saffron Walden Reporter on 25th of June. I grew up feeling anxious about my family and wondering if it would be okay, they would be okay, or even if they'd make it home that night after work. My father died aged 46, suffering from a heart attack, but with a long list of other diseases. My brother also died young, aged 34. It seems to be the case that BAME people have worse health outcomes, and this may be because of structural inequality. The Marmot Review, published in 2020, states that life expectancy is declining and that people may have insufficient money to live a healthy life. And these outcomes, on the whole, are even worse for minority ethnic populations. The loss of talented BAME people to early death means that their potential is unrealized and society loses their contribution. When my father passed away, I didn't get to say goodbye because he died suddenly in hospital. I was very young and I found this bereavement confusing and difficult to deal with. During the current coronavirus pandemic, I'm reminded that almost three quarters of health and social care staff who died as a result of COVID-19 are BAME and that their deaths were sudden too. There may be BAME men, women, children suffering from tremendous prolonged grief due to the sudden and unexpected nature of their deaths, and they did not get to say goodbye. In addition, there may be other stresses, such as job losses and social support, that is no longer there. I have read and support UDC's proposed statement of commitment and action regarding equality, inclusion and diversity. I think it's a laudable first step to hold community listening events. Sharing one's past can be traumatic though, so measures should be taken, taken to protect those that choose to share. The listening events give me hope that action may be taken to resolve disadvantages faced by BAME people, to improve health outcomes, reduce school exclusions and stop work, workplace discrimination, etc. Many government reports and reviews have been undertaken and many recommendations made on the subject of socio-economic disadvantage faced by BAME people. But unfortunately, these are largely unimplemented by central government. We should all read the reports and campaign for reform. 
We need to do this urgently because race discrimination for BAME people is literally a matter of life and death. Thank you. Thank you, Samantha, for a very, I may say, moving uh, statement. Thank you. Um, I now invite uh, Daniel Brett. Daniel, are you there, Daniel? Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, you're there. I'm just going to mute myself. Daniel, the floor is yours. Three minutes. Thank you. Stansted Parish Council and uh, Saffron Town Council have both unanimously passed resolutions that echo the spirit of the anti-racism motion before you tonight. As a husband of an Indian woman and the father of a mixed-race child, I've seen at first-hand the impact of racism, both over on the streets and more subtle structural problems that people of colour face every day. When we lived in Loughton, our house was in a ward controlled by the British National Party and with a rampant racism problem. My wife and son, who was a toddler at the time, were routinely racially abused in the street with offensive language, shouted at them and told to F off back to Pakistan. We had dog feces thrown at our door and set alight. The BNP was defeated through grassroots action by the anti-racist group Hope Not Hate and efforts by the Loughton Residents Association to engage with the community. And this is how you fight racism, by taking action. It's not just overt abuse that affects people of colour, but structural inequalities. Black and minority ethnic people in uh, the UK suffer worse health outcomes and worse housing conditions than white people. They are more likely to have negative interactions with the police, suffer a lower pay and more insecure, unsafe uh, working conditions and face higher rates of violent crime. This is as true in our district as it is anywhere, and to pretend otherwise is to be an apologist for racism. At a recent Black Lives Matter demonstration at Bishop Stortford, I got talking to a Zimbabwean friend who works in the NHS and lives locally. He spoke of glass ceilings that people who are not white cannot break through easily, and in unequal income that means his family is more like, uh, less likely to advance. He is among the hundreds of thousands of black and Asian health and care workers risking their lives on the front line in the battle against COVID-19. We need to ensure everyone in our community has the equal opportunity to live a full life free of fear and want, irrespective of their race and ethnicity. Legal equality is not sufficient. Verbal statements opposing racial prejudice are not enough. We need to get to grips with the social and economic problems faced by black and minority ethnic people. I hope the council will vote for the motion unanimously, backing action to examine the extent and shape of racism and what can be done to address it. It's the very minimum the council should be doing. Thank you. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you for that. Um, just remind me, Ben, the full name of the next speaker. I didn't write it down. We have Youth Councillor Millie Walter to speak next Millie, time. of course. Millie, you're, you're there, I see. Millie, the floor is yours for three minutes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Millicent Walter, and I'm the chair of the Uttersford Youth Council. The Uttersford Youth Council fully supports the Black Lives Matter movement. The issue of inclusivity is very close to the core of who we are, as a group that was established in order to bring young people who had previously had almost no representation involved in local government. 
This principle is something we want to expand constantly. We had a meeting earlier today, and in it we established an equality, inclusivity and diversity working group, so that our focus, more than ever, will be on this issue going forward. We plan to reach out to diversity, LGBTQ and special educational needs and disabilities groups, both in schools and in the wider community, in order to foster collaboration. We also hope to increase the diversity of our own committee and we'll, sure that, and we'll make sure that this is considered in our new election drive, which will begin at the start of the next academic year. We hope that the full council will establish their own working group and we'll work with our new committee to make sure that real change is enacted. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's good. Thank you to all our public speakers tonight. And can I ask you now to leave the meeting by clicking, clicking on the leave button. Um, the leave button at the bottom of the hand side of the, of the screen. I understand you've already, or you should already have been provided uh, a link to the council's website where you can listen in for the rest of the meeting. I'm sure some of you will, maybe all of you will. And is as can I can I just ask, is there anybody that's still there that has not had the link? Point of order, Chairman, please. Of course. Uh, I believe Millie will be entitled to stay as a member of the Youth Council. You're, you're quite right. I'm, that's quite right. I'm, uh, so, regarding the other speakers, though, then thank you for for that pointing that out. Good. Okay. Um, so there's been. Chair, could I just uh, confirm that Councillor LeCount joined the meeting uh, shortly after the first speaker actually um, started speaking? So Councillor LeCount is actually in the room now. Oh, that's great. Welcome, Councillor LeCount. And uh, I'm just going to move on to the, the next the next uh, thing. Um, I've received apologies from Councillor Lemon. Are there any other further apologies, please? Sorry, Councillor Lemon is here, Chair. Oh, right. I didn't see him. Right. Well, that's good. Thank you. Welcome, Councillor Lemon. Thank you. Uh, are there any other apologies? I think we've got everybody else then, have we? You've got a full house, Chair. Excellent. Are there any de de declarations of interest on the items that we're going to talk about tonight? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I'd, uh, it's Councillor Evans speaking. I'd like to declare a non-pecuniary uh, interest in the rivers and water um, motion. Uh, I am a riparian owner of a length of Stebbing Brook. Thank you. Is there anybody else? I can't see all the screens. That's the problem at the moment. Um, anybody else? Just speak up. Anybody else? No, that's all we have. Good. Uh, right. Good. The next item is to approve the draft minutes of the meeting held on the 19th of May and the 23rd of June 2020 as a correct record of those meetings. Is it members' wish that the minutes of the 19th of May are approved and are a correct record? Also, as far as I can see, there's no dissent. Is it members wish then that the minutes of the 23rd of June are approved and are a correct record? 
Let me know if there's not, if you, if you speak up now. I'll be forever hold your peace. Right. That's good. Good. Um, chairman's announcements. Well, this is a funny old year for a chairman because it's not normal, obviously, because like everybody else, we've, we've been kept to uh, barracks, as it were. And talking about barracks, uh, on the 22nd of June, I raised the flag uh, for Armed Forces Day with uh, Don French, uh, Councillor Cook, Lieutenant Colonel Garcia, and RSM one officer Paul Jenner from Carver Barracks. So it was a small amount of people, but it was limited by decree. That was all, all, all that we were allowed to. Hopefully by next year, we'll have the parades and uh, everything back to normal by then. I've also been travelling the length and breadth of the district um, in the last few weeks, um, advertising the opening of shops uh, in Saffron Malden with Mayor of Saffron Malden, uh, uh, Councillor Asker, uh, uh, Councillor Kurt, the Deputy Mayor and others. Uh, very enjoyable and it's actually great to see so many private retailers saying that they're beginning to pick up and, and, and uh, at least make some uh, progress in getting back to life again. We also saw the reopening of shops in Stansted, uh, went round with Counts Parish Councillor Chairman Maureen Caton, uh, the Chair of, of Stansted Parish Council, and some uh, local bi uh, bi business leaders, as well as we went to Thaxted as well, and Councillor Taylor and myself um, uh, a couple of times uh, went round um, uh, and uh, saw because of the, the way the shops have been opening at different periods, um, it was important to give them, I thought, as much publicity as possible. And I had a very good day with uh, uh, the reopening of shops in Great Dunmore with Councillor Laval and other councillors who joined us uh, from Dunmore uh, and the Mayor of Dunmore as well. Uh, and I've, I've discovered a brand new treat, which I will uh, be... Uh, on, on the trip round, I think it was a chilled coffee, a martini vodka coffee, which I could recommend um, from, I can't remember the name of the shop, possibly Councillor Lavelle will tell me the name of the story where I think it was traffic used to be. Councillor Lavelle, what was the name of that place? It's the Fletch. It's it's called the Fletch. It's a bar. Um, and uh, it's, it's the Espresso Martini. That's so uh, other other coffee shops are available, of course, as well. Um, and I'm sure they're just as good, but that was the one that we tasted. In the upcoming weeks, I shall be reopening uh, the leather, leisure centres in Saffron Walden and in Stansted. In fact, um, Saffron Walden opens on Monday. I think Dunmore opens as well uh, next week, and Stansted will be a little bit later. Um, I'd just like to say something about the Chairman's charity. I briefly mentioned at the last full council meeting that my charity will be the Stroke Association, which it will. Um, and I've just, because it's really quite different this year on raising money for charities, we don't have the dinners and the raffles, etc., because we can't all get together. 
Um, but um, I'm, I've got something maybe a little bit unique to do. I'm going to walk 500 miles. And my daughter, who's my consort um, for most of this year, uh, is going to walk 500 more. I think you can probably hear the song in your head. Um, there'll be details sent out to you and uh, we hope um, to link in with a local paper as well. And I've been offered some help from various websites. So when you get the information, if you have a local uh, community website, I would appreciate if we could advertise that. It works out. If I, uh, for a fiver, you can get me, um, you can, uh, for a penny a mile, which is very good value indeed from a Scotsman, I can tell you. And uh, so I'm going to be, it's called the 500 miles walk and my daughter will walk another 500. The 500 miles is uh, for two things. One, uh, it's about 500 miles to what I say my spiritual home is in Iona, the island of Iona. And uh, so every, it will be a, a virtual walk, of course, because um, uh, I'll, be, I'll be having to come back every now and again for work and, and, and to do this. Uh, but uh, we hope to keep you posted on the way. Uh, it won't be all done in one day, and we'll keep you posted on how, how I get on. So I hope you find that relatively interesting. Um, now I'm going to move to the report of leader of the council. So if Councillor Lodge could stand by and to make any announcements about matters not already on the agenda. Councillor Lodge, are you there? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Chair. And uh, the very best of luck with the um, 500 miles. I'll, uh, I'll be singing along with you. Um, members will have will have read my report, and um, no apologies for, for concentrating on the um, the effects of the pandemic and the work that's been done locally to uh, to contend with it and to keep services going. And so, all I really want to add at this moment, without taking up a great deal of time, is just again to thank officers for carrying on the essential services, the existing essential services of the council and doing so much work to cope with the extra demands which the um, pandemic has thrown at us. So uh, a heartfelt thanks from me and I'm sure that all members will, uh, will want to join me in that. I will say nothing more and uh, open up then to uh, any questions there may be. Are there any questions to Councillor Lodge? Is there, I can't see any hands raised, is there any? Yeah, Barbara and I and oh. uh, Councillor... Yeah. Barbara, uh, Councillor Light, would you like to...? Yes, thank you. Um, well, I'd like to echo the appreciation for the officers who I know have worked extraordinarily hard in this very difficult period. Um, I'd, last, I'd like to welcome the written reports. I'm very pleased that uh, my nudge uh, last meeting, last council meeting, has actually been responded to. It was good to see the work that is going on uh, with the cabinet portfolio holders, and I'm very pleased that this is this has actually commenced. 
Chair, is this a moment to um, actually raise a couple of questions or do we wait for each of the... Um, uh, In a moment, I'm going to go to um, questions to the Cabinet. Is that, is that a question to a Cabinet member? I do have questions for Cabinet members, yes. If could you hold on a wee minute, I'll come back to you. Okay. Councillor Lockton was next, Chair. I've got, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's now appeared on my screen. Thank you. Yeah. Councillor Lockton, thank you, uh, Councillor Cook. Councillor Lockton. Yeah, thank you very much. This is a question to Councillor Lodge. Um, I don't know if you remember Councillor Lodge um, saying before the election um, that if after you won control, you would abolish the cabinet system. And do you remember when I asked you at the first council meeting after the election, uh, when the process would start, and you said publicly, now. Um, do you remember that I've asked this question on more than one occasion since, and I've not had a definitive reply. Since you said it starts now, in May 2019, the Cabinet size has increased to 10 members. Are you aware that the Governance Review Working Group, which is set up to review the system, had nine meetings scheduled from September 2019 until April this year? Out of those nine meetings, four were cancelled and one was postponed. There have been no Zoom meetings of working groups so far this year. And I do know that Councillor Coote was ill and I'm very pleased to see that he's made a recovery. But he does have a vice chair. Uh, is it likely that, as you said quite categorically, that the Cabinet will be replaced by a committee system and that the working group will be meeting again, a will working group be meeting again in the near future? to seek a more inclusive system, and will it be implemented in the lifetime of this administration? Thank you. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Councillor Lockley. Um, yes, um, obviously there have been uh, rocks thrown in the way of the process, but we did start straight away, and obviously the work and consultation is, uh, is vital. And so I am awaiting what has been a delayed uh, committee report, but I will just ask uh, Councillor Cook to uh, to make a comment at this stage. Councillor Cook, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, yes, thank you, Councillor uh, Lockwin. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't had as many meetings as I would have wished. Um, I did speak to the Chief Executive uh, on Monday, and we have another meeting scheduled uh, in September which uh, I will report back to full council on where we're going and how things are. I would like to apologise that we haven't made much progress, but I, I have to say that uh, meetings have been hard to pull together. But uh, I will um, commit to giving a full report to the council meeting after September. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Sell, um, this is to Councillor Lodge, yes? Correct, it is. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I'd also like to say well done on the reports, because uh, I think I began the nudging process some time ago. I'd particularly like to commend Councillor Freeman's report, because for the first time I've understood what the Council on Public Services portfolio actually is. And there's just one caveat. I think there's at least one member of the Cabinet we've had no report at all from since uh, last year. But my question to Councillor Lodge is, something he's well familiar with because he was a supporter. Um, has he got any update for us on the Carver Barracks running track, which, as you will recall, 
and the last administration, half a million pounds of public money was committed. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lodge? Um, interesting. There was a, uh, the, the front, front page of the local paper last week was a report from ex-councillor uh, Tina Knight to say that work uh, had commenced. Um, obviously, there, there, there have been some logistical delays in that. We are actually chasing the, um, the army at the moment for, for an update on that. And I should be able to report back to you uh, within a few days. Thank you. Councillor Hargreaves? Uh, Chair, I actually wanted to make uh, a verbal report. I see Councillor Barker has got her blue hand up. If she wishes to ask a question first, uh, I will come back when perhaps she has asked her. Okay. Councillor Barker? Yes, it was a question to the leader, I think. Um, yeah. Basically, I'd just like to ask how many duty to cooperate meetings have been held member-to-member -member meetings over the last year in relation to the local plan? Mr. Lodge? Um, I don't have that number to hand. I will, uh, I will come back to you on that. If you could yes. please circulate it to all members, I'd be interested. I know I used to attend about once a month um, while I was portfolio holder, so I'd like to be assured that uh, we are having member meetings with our, our neighbours, as it were. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to go to Councillor Harker. I take it this is announcement of matters of report as a member of Cabinet, is that correct? That is correct, Chair. Yes, okay, so we've moved on to that. Good. Right. You should give yeah. members a brief update on uh, its finances related to... I've got three matters. Finances related to the to COVID, and uh, the council is required every week to give a return, financial return to the government. That return currently predicts a £3.17 million hit to the Council's finances this year. Government support to date has been £1.05 million, uh, so obviously leaving UDC with a shortfall of £2.12 million in this year. Uh, there may be some more support coming. Uh, the rules of it are not at the moment entirely clear. Uh, but it is clear that we're still going to, and they're not, government are not going to fund everything for us, and I will not expect that. Uh, it is clear we will still have a significant financial shortfall this year. So that's my first point. The second one is just that um, on Friday, um, a grant was applied for, it is called the Reopening High Street Safely Fund Grant. It's a European Regional Development Fund, uh, 83 thousand um, pounds. So officers, uh, Mr. Webb and Ms. Howells and Ms. Lewin have been working hard on that. Um, what Good. impressed me on this is actually the, I didn't have, this was actually Councillor uh, Reeves' portfolio here really, but the number of meetings that have been held uh, in Warden, in Dunmo and Stansford going back to, to May with um, picking Dunmo with the economic development People talking done by town council, the town team. Uh, it's clear that some preparation had been going on, and it looks quite impressive stuff. Uh, and it's it's part of our mission to get what finance we can. Uh, my third point is just to raise a matter of concern. Uh, I wouldn't normally comment on this, but there have been letters um, from a member in the local papers 
and they've been portraying the council's finances and government support as though uh, we have a great deal of cash to spend. Uh, let us start off. Let there be no bones of contention on the matter of the financial strength of Oxford District Council. And carries on, talks about increasing funding from this Conservative government, and then that's, that sentence is repeated. You'll see from my report, we have a hit. You will also know, obviously, we now understand the airport appeal costs. Um, I, I am worried, this is obviously a political letter, I am worried that this is creating false um, expectations and that residents' businesses may think that we've got lots of cash to spend to support things which actually we do not have. So I wouldn't normally comment on stuff like this, but I just feel it needs a mention. And I'd also ask that please don't pass this same letter out to other letter writers uh, to keep to keep repeating it. It's, it's not helpful. We need to pull together on this. Uh, it's Councillor Criscione, and he's a very, I'd say, a very effective member of the uh, investment board. I think he's a very good councillor, but I think in this case, uh, it's to tad off the mark. So please, we need to be realistic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll now, oh, sorry, uh, Councillor Driscoll, I see you there now. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Uh, so, question to Councillor Hargreaves. Um, headlines, I believe this morning or yesterday morning, Europe have agreed a £370 billion, whatever it is. Are we in line for any of that, or will that just disappear in mainland Europe? Thank you. Uh, my belief on that is that is um, to governments, and I don't believe, I don't think we are part of that. Exactly why we are still in response in receipt of this other European fund, I'm not sure. But I think uh, as we're out of the EU, that's not that's not down to us at all. Uh, we're, we're on our own on this. Sorry, I didn't think we were out of the EU until the 31st of December. Um, you, may, you may be right. I don't know, but it's it will go to the government. Will not come to us if that is is the case. But certainly. Um, the UK, uh, my understanding is that no UK person was there agreeing any of this um, entirely European matter. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Kurt. Thank you, Chair. It, uh, I will answer um, Councillor Driscoll's last point. It's, uh, it's to the money that has been put forward by the EU is to obviously uh, take into account the epidemic. And it's for the coming financial year, which we will not have paid into, so we won't receive nothing. If you don't pay into something, you can hardly receive it, can you? But uh, it's a question to you, Councillor Hargroves, on the, uh, on the deficit that you obviously have pointed out to us. And it's a straightforward question. It might sound political, but it's not meant to be. If we hadn't have had COVID, would our finances have been balanced? And if it is because of COVID, uh, finance, not balance. I have to say that uh, councils all across the land have been misled by our Prime Minister, who said, spend what you have to, we will make sure you get your money back. And I'd be very interested from you, Councillor Hargroves, to hear whether that is a fact, because Councillor Chris Coley has written in the paper, as you say, portraying it as though they've given us all this money. I personally know they haven't. And I'd like you to uh, explain why we've got the deficit, how it came about, and uh, actually comment on why we haven't got our money back from this present government. 
Uh, certainly, yes, uh, we would in uh, this financial year, we are required to have, all councils required to have a, a balanced budget uh, and the uh, total net expenditure for this year in the budget was £13.7 million and all the various funding receipts for that balance up to it. There was a small movement in reserves, £495,000 to, to balance that up and the whole lot balanced. Yes, we would have been fine and that is the requirement you have to do that. Um, yes, COVID is now hitting us uh, fairly hard. Uh, lots of revenue on car parks and all sorts of other things. Um, and, uh, yeah, the government have asked us to do more things, which we have done. And they have given us some support to pay for that extra cost and also to make up uh, some money for our, from our deficit of COVID. But they're certainly not making up all of it um, from their intention for the next stage. They're saying uh, we've got to bear a percentage of the general losses uh, and then the government will cover another 75% of the remainder. And that, I believe, is based on budgeted figures, not on actuals. And budgets for revenue things tend to be conservative with a small c. Uh, so it's quite clear we will end up with a deficit from this. Um, so I would say I'm not expecting the government to bail everyone out. Everyone has to take the pain. Uh, and we'll have to take it as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Uh, but it, you quite say the issue is that the... The perception being given that the government is funding the whole lot, that is not true. I would not expect it to be true. The government's got a serious, mega serious problem. The difference, of course, is the government has got this infinite ability seemingly to, to create money. We absolutely do not. We are totally restricted on what we can do. We have to stick with our finances. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Light, uh, you're back uh, with a question. You have your question now. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, this question is about the finances. Could we please have a written report? Because uh, I'm afraid the numbers have just sort of sailed off into the distance and I, I already don't recall them. It would be very useful to have that in the interest, of course, of accountability and transparency. Um, and I do believe you said, Councillor Hargreaves, last time that the, um, f our finances were in trouble before COVID. Um, so it would be good to have some clarification on figures uh, sort of before and after. And, and I must just say that uh, I found the, um, uh, your comment on uh, Councillor Crisioni's letter, which I have to say I haven't read, but just as a point of principle, I don't find it really acceptable to refer to that because uh, everyone is free to say what they wish. Thank you. Do you want to respond, Councillor Hargreaves? Yes, so well, firstly, on the financial figures, uh, Mr. Webb issues uh, regular updates to councillors. Uh, what I'm talking about here is, is only the same thing as he's recently issued. I think possibly the best thing is for him to put out his regular uh, report on, on that. Um, in terms of the other question, um, that was about the finances of the council and the issue of course is our lack of income in future years with cuts by the government the new homes bonus is now in runoff the rate support grant is gone we get very little of our business rates so the point of issue is not this financial year which of course has been balanced it's required to do it's in the future years uh, of, of uh, previous figure was a deficit of about 3.6 million pounds in per annum 
in three, four years' time. And that is what, of course, the investment board is all about, to do the investments, to raise the income, to uh, fill that gap. Uh, responding to Councillor Light's final point about telling me off for not, not for talking about a letter, as I said, I would not normally comment on these things, but I just felt it was a thing which is not helpful. Um, we've got to pull together on this. And creating this perception of we've got lots of cash is really not helpful. I don't want this expectation raised. Uh, and that's the reason I raise it. Normally, I just ignore all this stuff. stuff. Uh, it does, all these letters back and forth does not play well with, with, with residents. But in this particular case, if I did need circumstances, it just was worth make, making a comment. Thank you, Councillor Councillor Caton? Councillor Caton? Thank you, Chairman. Uh, this is a question to Councillor Armstrong with his sports uh, portfolio hat on. Uh, I don't know if he can, he recalls that the planning, uh, playing field pitches strategy, which was published last year, um, identified the need for floodlighted football pitches in Saffron Walden, Great Dumbo and Stansted. Now the Saffron Walden one is is on on course. I assume that he will be working for the uh, new school uh, in Great Dumbo if and when it is um, built will actually provide the floodlit pitch in Great Dumbo and I was wondering whether he will be uh, planning to talk to the football community and the leadership in the community in Stansted uh, about locating the, the, the third one at Forest Hall School and so that we can achieve the uh, or remedy the deficit that has been identified in Adelsford. Councillor Armstrong, can you comment on that? Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, obviously, the question of essential spend at the moment uh, is a big thing in the Council. We have to keep the services going, so spending more money on sports facilities, although they're desperately needed, and trust me, I know that, isn't something that's top of the list at the moment, although there is work going on behind the scenes uh, with the various agencies. You're right about Saffron Walden being mostly done. Uh, Dummo is in discussions because we have a number of developments carrying on in Dummo, particularly with the new schools. Uh, and I started before this breakdown to try to get a group together in Stansted uh, I think I sent at least one email around uh, to the councillors from that area uh, to have a, a proper meeting to find out what the requirement was. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to do that, but perhaps I might be able to resurrect it. Now we can do Zoom meetings. That's good. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Khan. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, question to uh, Councillor Day. Um, I emailed him recently about the announcement from Stansted Airport about job losses and uh, he responded by saying that of course we all care but I wondered what progress he had made with his portfolio 
in discussing this with uh, Stansted Airport. Are you there, Councillor Day? You need to unmute, Councillor Day. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, the, the simple answer to that is no at the present time. There is no development um, regarding that. Chair, Chair, if I just have a supplementary, if I may. So have we actually made contact with the uh, management and with unions, perhaps, at Stansted Airport? We are, we are talking about significant job losses, and I'm fearful for our residents, who obviously will be employees uh, of the airport. No, the answer is no, I have not um, made any contact. Can I, can, I, um, can I supplement that, Chair, please? Yes, OK. Thank you. Uh, I have been speaking to the Unite Union. Um, they are holding a, a demonstration on Friday, if any of you fancy coming along. Uh, we are talking to the, uh, to the pilots and the people who are losing their, their jobs. Uh, we are in contact at the moment, um, talking with the Unite organiser. She's very, very capable. She is having uh, negotiations with uh, all the uh, airlines there, and there will be a big turnout of our people who live in Uttlesford on Friday. So I'll look forward to seeing you there, Councillor Carl. Yeah. I'll just move on then from there. I think that's dealt with that. Uh, uh, Councillor Cristiani. Thank you very much, Chairman. The uh, I received an email, I think all councillors received an email informing us of an executive decision to temporarily suspend the statement of community involvement. Um, my question is very simple. I remain very concerned at the fact that we seem to have delayed on a number of occasions the formation of our new local plan. Uh, so why has this decision been made if the government's been very clear that actually hard copies won't be required for documents uh, pertaining to the local plan, including the statement of community involvement going forward? Do we have anybody want to answer that? Or we'll just leave that hanging, shall we? No response. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be... I'd just like to say, Chair, that um, I haven't received an email to that effect. Okay. Could, uh, sorry, sorry we... Chair, to interject. I think Councillor Evans okay. would like to perhaps respond. Yes, thank you. Uh, sorry, thank you, thank you uh, for that. Um, uh, yes, there was that uh, temporary uh, suspension, uh, but the matter of the SCI is going to be coming forward uh, to the local plan leadership uh, group, uh, which will be meeting for the first time uh, next week. Uh, so there will be an opportunity to review matters and discuss it uh, there. So Thanks. if I can come back, the, so this decision will be reviewed by the local plan leadership group. It will. It, it is on the. It will be on the agenda for the uh, LPLG when it meets next. When it meet next. When it meets next week, indeed. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be very generous, Councillor Light. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, there's a question to you, Councillor Pepper. Thanks for that, Chair. Uh, on the Climate Change Working Group, um, I can see that an enormous amount of work uh, is going on there, which is excellent. Uh, but I just wanted a couple of details, if I may. 
Um, so this is, you make a statement saying that you are empowering people to have a bigger say on public money spend. What, um, I don't quite understand that statement. If you could just explain that, please, and what public money is available. That's the first question. Uh, and the second question is, um, you talk about new cycle racks at Audley End. How many additional ones were actually supplied uh, by UDC on top of the ones already owned by the uh, car park owners? Well, the first question, obviously, is, you know, this particular financial year, due to COVID-19, we have only essential spend only. So obviously this particular financial year, as far as empowering the uh, local community to have a say in how we spend our money, will be more difficult for this financial year. So again, we've been very limited as far as how much we can actually spend, but hopefully for the you know foreseeable future and the next subsequent uh, financial years, they will have more input as far as how we will spend our money. However, they will be empowered to have a say in how we will prioritise with our key objectives. So really that was, you know, one of the key objectives having our local, you know, uh, residents involved in our subgroups is that they can help formulate and look at what policies we can put forward as far as the climate, you know, uh, policy making. So I'm very satisfied that that is actually currently what is taking place. As far as the cycle racks, I can't answer that question for you at this particular point in time, but I'm happy to get back to you, you know, as far as your second question. So I hope you're satisfied by that, Barbara. Or can I, can I add something to that? Uh, oh, okay. A recent meeting of the Uttlesford Transfer Transport Forum. Um, in fact, Anglian, uh, East Anglian Air, uh, uh, Railways gave an update and there are in fact 60, a net increase of 60 spaces planned in the new installation, uh, which is going to be a mix of open and uh, access uh, control. For, for Thank you for that. And Councillor Pepper, if you have some further information you want to share, you can maybe um, uh, write to Councillor Pepper with that, yeah? Councillor Light, rather, with with the answer. I'm going to move on now to uh, item six. There's no matters have been referred from the executive or council committees. Sorry, my computer is frozen. And uh, item seven, no matters have been received about joint arrangements and external organisations. So I now invite Council Lodge to present the report on the appointment of a monitoring officer and delegated powers. Are you, are you ready, Councillor Lodge? I am indeed, Chair. Thank you very much. Members will obviously be aware that um, after um, a distinguished and hard-working period with the Council, Simon Pugh uh, left us uh, last week, I think was his formal leaving date. Um, and so, obviously, we need to uh, we need to fill the role of monitoring officer. And we've been very fortunate to obtain the services of Mrs. Lorraine Brown as monitoring officer. And so, the recommendation is that she is appointed, and that the powers delegated to the assistant director, governance of the legal by the council scheme of delegation, be um, delegated to Mrs. Brown. 
Um, she is currently working um, in that same role or a similar role in Chelmsford City Council and she's being seconded to, to us on a part-time basis to carry out that role of uh, monitoring, monitoring officer and legal ad, advisor. Um, and so I asked the council, I uh, proposed that the council confirms that appointment. Thank you. Um, Councillor Lees, you wish to speak? No, I'd like to second that, if I may. I thought you might do. <laughs> That's good. So we have a proposer and a seconder. I have uh, Councillor Gregory um, wants to speak. Councillor Gregory? It was just to say, Chair, that I did have a brief report to make under item six, if you wish to come back to that after this item. I will come back to it. We're, we're pretty involved in this now. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, uh, Councillor Barker, you wish to speak on this matter? Yeah, if I could, Chairman. Um, I've been dealing with a lady by the name of Lorraine in legal Uttersford, but she goes by the name of Lorraine Swan. So do we have two Lorraines, or does Lorraine Brown's email not reflect her surname? Uh, Lorraine, you might, Lorraine, I know that you're there. It might be a good idea to say hello to everybody and uh, explain yourself. <laughs> Good evening, councillors. Um, yeah, there are two of us. There are two Lorraines. Oh, so I'm Lorraine Brown, and I'm from Chelmsford, and Lorraine Swan is somebody who works in the legal team. I hope that's clarified that, uh, Councillor Barker. Councillor Sell. Yes, Councillor thank you. Sell. Okay. You're on mute, Councillor Sell. I can hear you now. Yeah. Uh, The fact that uh, the appointment is part-time, does that, is that a harbinger of a significant restructure of the council? I did ask the question about the local plan, whether we had sufficient resources for it, and didn't really get an answer, and I'm aware about democratic services, so I just wondered if the fact that we are replacing someone full-time with someone temporary part-time, does this presage a, a more fundamental restructure? Uh, Councillor Lodge, do you want to answer that? No, it's a harbinger of nothing. It's a, it's a necessity of needing a monitoring officer, and this is the best way of doing it in the short term, and it signals nothing in particular for the future. That's great. Councillor Evans. Uh, Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'm not sure if this is an appropriate moment um, at which to express my um, thanks and appreciation uh, of the uh, contribution which I felt. um, Could could you hold on just a little minute on that one? We're going to move on to that. Is it for for, um, Simon Pugh? Yes. Yeah. Could could you wait? Councillor Day is going to say something maybe just after that. Would you would you mind? Because I want to get this. Um, we have a proposal in a second, and it would be, I think, useful to get this out of the way. I hope you don't mind, Councillor Evans. Okay. Um, if so, if I, if I can. Uh, uh, actually, there's nobody else. Uh, everybody's disappeared. Nobody else wants to talk on this. Then, so I have a proposer. I have a seconder. Um, is there any dissent? Raise your voice because I can't see all the 
no dissent. Uh, Councillor, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Mr. Ferguson and Chris, on that in that case, I can take that as a unanimous vote. Okay. Thank you. Uh, now, um, if you hold on just a, a wee minute longer, uh, Councillor Evans, uh, Councillor Day um, has asked um, to speak on this matter, and then uh, if you could, then I could follow with you, you Councillor Evans. Is that okay? Thank you, Councillor Day. You're on. Thank, thank you, Chair. Um, I think this is a golden opportunity. Of, uh, we've had a long-standing um, uh, member of staff that has served this council for many, many years very well. Uh, if we'd have been in uh, the chamber, he would have sat there very much like um, a clerk court, and that is, of course, uh, basically what his role is to advise. So I would like uh, to take this opportunity to propose... Um, that it is officially recorded our grateful thanks um, to Simon um, for all the hard work um, over the preceding years. Thank you. I think I can take that as unanimous. Thumbs up, everybody. We'll pass that on. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Evans. Uh, <coughs> thank you, Chairman. Um, Sorry about it. I would like to uh, endorse um, Councillor Day's uh, views and uh, being a brother solicitor um, to uh, Simon Pugh, I felt that I would like to express my own personal appreciation of uh, his contribution and professional welcome uh, so far as I was concerned when I became a member uh, last year. Uh, I'm uh, completely ignorant in relation to matters of local government law and practice um, uh, having practiced in a completely different field professionally. Uh, but I would like to say that uh, Mr. Pugh gave me a very helpful and positive and clear, always, insight as to the workings uh, of uh, local uh, government administration. Uh, and uh, I would just like to say thank you to him uh, as a fellow solicitor uh, for his contribution and uh, assistance to me, and I'm sure... Uh, I, I speak on behalf of many others uh, when I say that. Um, so thank you, Mr. Pugh, and I do wish you uh, a very good um, retirement, if that is what you, in fact, uh, decide to do. I did uh, have the opportunity of speaking to you uh, personally uh, last Friday and wished you um, uh, bon voyage and uh, good health, and I repeat that now um, uh, before uh, my fellow members. Thank you. Thank you, and if I can just say... As chairman, on behalf of the whole council, um, a big thank you for Simon and, and all the hard work uh, that you've done over these years. Thank you. Good. Um, I'm going to now go back to item six and call Councillor Gregory. He's got something to tell us. Thank you. Councillor Gregory. Well, thank you, Chair. Um, I'll keep this very brief as I realise the council has a very full agenda this evening. <laughs> Just a couple of quick reports from Scrutiny Committee, if I may. Uh, Scrutiny spent a great deal of time on the corporate plan delivery plan. Councillor Hargreaves has made, been, made very clear the scale of the financial problems we face as a result of COVID. So it comes as no surprise that the corporate plan delivery plan uh, lies somewhat in tatters. And that's not a failing of the executive. That's a uh, fact of circumstance 
that was entirely unanticipated when it was first drafted. So, after much discussion, we've asked for detailed, revised uh, submission of the corporate plan delivery plan for the September meeting, focusing on specificity of what can be done and taking into account the profound limitations which we placed on that by the financial situation. Uh, the second major item that scrutiny has been looking at is the ongoing scrutiny of the local plan. And I'm pleased to say that the recommendations made by scrutiny have been taken on board by Cabinet. This will pose quite a substantial additional workload on scrutiny during the period of time required to develop the new local plan. Uh, as some members will know, we've trialled over the past year the concept of lead members on various items to lead discussion and questioning on matters and to spend a little bit more time on the detail than perhaps is available for most members to do so. So I'm very pleased to announce that Councillor Crisioni has agreed to be a lead member on local plan scrutiny for the months ahead. Um, I'm intending to approach Councillor Coote to perform exactly the same service, but I haven't had a chance to speak to him yet, so this probably comes as something of a surprise to him. But uh, I'm sure that a uh, combination of his goodwill and uh, my persuasive skills will prevail. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. That's good. So, item nine, a number of appointments need to be remade as set out in your agenda papers in relation to the standards and scrutiny committees to obtain for Councillor Reeves' promotion to Cabinet uh, to appoint Councillor Lacombe to the Standards Committee in place of Councillor Reeve, to appoint Councillor Storer, a substitute to the Standards Committee in place of Councillor Lacombe, to appoint Councillor Storer to the Scrutiny Committee in place of Councillor Reeve, to appoint Councillor DeVries, a substitute to the Scrutiny Committee in place of Councillor Storer, to appoint, to appoint Councillor Asker as Chair of the Standards Committee. I would like to invite a proposer and a second, please, for that. I, am, I will propose that, Chair. Thank you. Do we have a seconder? Do we have a second, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, I think I'll go straight to say, is there any dissent? Or does anybody want to ask any questions at all? Apologies, I Apologies Chair. Don't... Councillor Crisioni, I think, wants to speak. I've just... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Councillor Crisioni. Yes. Uh, I, I will uh, dissent on this one. It's on this one, um, on the basis that Councillor Gregory has just made it very clear the role that scrutiny is to play in scrutiny of the local plan, and yet we're asking a deputy cabinet member for planning to come on and mark his own homework. Doesn't quite sit right with me. I don't think it's good governance. Um, I've been given assurances that. That, that he will substitute out when we're talking about the local uh, when we're talking about the local plan, but it just doesn't work that way. We talk about the local plan in the same meetings that we talk about every other piece of business. <clears throat> so it's nothing against uh, Councillor Stora. I get on well with him, but it's against the uh, the process of governance, which I think will foul in this instance. Does anybody else, Councillor Lees? Um. You had your hand up. Councillor Barker wanted to come in first. Did you want to come in first, Councillor Barker? Councillor Barker? 
It was, it was just to agree with Councillor Cristiani that um, okay. it's a bit messy as it's been arranged and uh, I too will just say. It does, it, does, it does look a little bit messy until you see it clearly and that is that um, Councillor Stora has resigned as Deputy of the Executive. Um, that hasn't been in your papers because it doesn't need to be in real terms, but that's the case. And you wouldn't pass any executive meetings or any executive decisions or any JET meetings. So that's it. Um, having had a discussion with the Chairman of the Scrutiny, Councillor Gregory, um, Councillor Gregory has made it very clear that he would like the Scrutiny to have no contamination in meetings, that he wants um, team scrutiny meeting A and scrutiny meeting B. So therefore, Councillor Storer will not on any circumstances be marking his own homework, giving himself um, attainments or any of that course, he will not be on scrutiny for anything to do with the local. Oh, you've disappeared, Councillor Lees. Have you finished? Sorry, I didn't need it. And, and off. <laughs> and off, okay. Over and out. <laughs> Um, thank you. Councillor uh, Barker, do you still want to say anything? No, I'll go on to Councillor Dean then. Councillor Dean, you have your hand up. Councillor Dean? I can't hear you. Councillor Dean? That was my fault. I didn't... Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. I'd just like to pitch in and say that there seems to be too much ad hocery taking place in terms of appointments and uh, separation of responsibilities, um, Chairman of Scrutiny coming up with things, uh, you might say, oh. so I, I really would, and, and I might say also uh, appointments to the leadership group on the local plan, which has been raised in an email today. I think this is not the right way to go about it, and I think it needs to be taken offline to make sure that it's all being done properly and there is clear responsibility of um, separation of responsibilities and that political groups make their own appointments, not have them granted by some sort of royal decree. So I, I, I think it needs to be taken offline. I'm not looking for answers now, but uh, the point that uh, Councillor Chris Keown has raised, I think, um, needs to be taken away. Councillor Gregory, you want to come back to this, yes? If I may, please, Chair, um, unless my hearing deceived me, I believe Councillor Dean referred to me as making things up on the hoof. Um, would he either care to justify and evidence that remark or would he withdraw it, please? Councillor Locke, sorry, do you want to say anything, Councillor Dean? No, I've, I've decided this, this needs to be taken offline. Well, uh, Councillor... I request uh, remark to be either withdrawn or evidenced. I'll, I'll, I'll provide you with evidence later. Uh, well, you can I provide me with evidence now or you can withdraw it, please. It's a personal remark and it's inappropriate. I heard you saying that you decided you were going to invite Councillor Coote to do something. I said I was intending to discuss it with Councillor Coote. Well, I'm just saying that we should not be doing things on the hoof in a public meeting. That's the point I'm making. No, you're not making that point at all. You accuse me of doing things on the hoof, Councillor Dean. Evidence that or withdraw it. What aspect I, of my conduct I, I believe was conducted on the hoof and do you think was inappropriate? Be precise, Councillor Dean. Councillor Gregory. 
Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, reports from the Chair of Scrutiny are actually not constitutional at the moment. I do think it's a good idea to introduce them at, cabinet, at council meetings, but it's not part of the Constitution at the moment. I, I, we have to take some advice on that, but what I would suggest happens right now that we finish this discussion now on uh, if there's other things you want to dis discuss offline. I think councillors have had enough to, um, to, to there's some more people want to have further comment and then I may or may not take it to a vote based on that. Councillor Lord, do you want to come in? Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, the, 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 um, the group uh, that uh, he was talking about, the local plan uh, group, which is going to meet next week, it's a working group of Cabinet. It is for Cabinet and the leader to make those appointments, and we have done so. There is nothing to talk about offline. Okay, um, I'm going to stop stop the um, between at the moment, uh, just for a moment between Councillor Dean and Councillor Gregory. But ask, um, do you mind, uh, uh, Don, uh, uh, Mr. French, if you could just uh, uh, give us some advice on this matter at this point? So, um, under item five of the agenda. It is uh, perfectly permissible for um, executive members uh, and or chairs of committees to provide updates to council meeting. So Councillor Gregory was, of course, at liberty to report back to members at item five. Um, Councillor Gregory has made uh, a, a sort of clarification under our constitution, under personal remarks. Councillor Dean is not at, mo at the moment choosing to make that clarification, but has indicated he will make some comment uh, outside of the meeting. Uh, yeah. Do you chair whether you accept that as a way forward? I think so. And on that basis, would you say that it's perfectly legitimate to go for a vote? So, it, so yes, the, the substance of the debate is around the appointments, uh, specifically. Yeah. These yeah. appointments happen to have arisen because of other things, and we've strayed into uh, other yeah. aspects of that debate. But the appointments are before you. Uh, we have had some comments of dissent, which yes. seem to indicate that we need a roll call vote. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, Chris, are you ready for this? Uh, I'd like a roll call vote, please, and uh, maybe an explanation again on how um, uh, form against and what, what it will mean in this case. Are you with me? I'll, I'll call you alphabetically, if I may, for or against or abstain. Uh, Councillor Armstrong. The, just to be clear, sorry, sorry. Uh, Chris, just to be clear what they're voting for and against. So that there's no that 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 the uh, the the appointments, as stated in the report, for or against. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Fine, thank you. Councillor Armstrong. Uh, <coughs> for. <coughs> Excuse me. For. Councillor Asker. Councillor, did you hear that, Chris? Yeah, four, yes. Yeah. Councillor Bagnall. Four. Councillor Barker. Against. 
Councillor Caton. Against. Councillor Coote. For. Councillor Cristioni. Against. Councillor Day. For. Councillor Dean. Abstain. Councillor Driscoll. For. Councillor Eek. For. Councillor Evans. For. Councillor Fairhurst. Abstain. Councillor Foley. Uh, uh, as I normally do, I abstain unless there is a split vote. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor Gregory. Four. Councillor Hargreaves. Four. Councillor Isham. Four. Councillor Jones. Four. Councillor Khan. Uh, abstain. Councillor Lavelle. Four. Councillor LeCount. Four. Councillor Lees. Four. Councillor Lemon. Against. Councillor Light. Abstain. Councillor Lodge. Four. Councillor Lachlan. Abstain. Councillor Luck. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Oliver. Against. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Pepper. Four. Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Sell. Abstain. Councillor Stora. Four. Councillor Sutton. Four. Councillor Taylor. Four. Councillor Tefries. Four. Thank you. Twenty-six four, seven abstentions and five against, Chair. Thank you very much. That's agreed. Item 10. Um, I'm going to present what has been laid to me as an agreement from all the party leaders. So it has cross-party support already. But the proposal... I will make a proposal, but I'll be asking uh, three uh, key uh, people in this proposal, Councillor Khan, Councillor Light and Councillor Pepper, uh, to speak. You may or may not want anybody else to, to speak. If I would suggest that most of the things um, between these three speakers will be, uh, will be covered in, in the report. So in summary, the statement set out in the report, and I'm sorry, the report is the statement of commitment and action regarding equality, inclusion and diversity. 
The statements set out in the report produced jointly by group leaders with input from other members and uh, the chief executive seeks to send positive signals to residents and communities of and visitors to the district as well as to the council employees that its values that it values diversity uh, and inclusion and recognizes that the council needs to take further action so i as chair propose on behalf of all members to endorse the statement set out below and to establish community listening events referred to in paragraph 12 and to establish the oversight panel uh, re referred to in paragraph 13. So I know I'm now going to pass over to Councillor Khan to elaborate and second the proposal. Councillor Khan. Thank you, Chair. Um, before I start, I just want to thank members of the public who have taken the time to speak this evening. Uh, we heard some very powerful speeches which underline the need to ensure we are working with our community on such important issues to not only understand but to seek to eradicate racial discrimination and injustice uh, in Uttlesford. So I'm very pleased that we have finally managed to reach an agreed statement and I want to thank my Lib Dem and Green colleagues as well as Councillor Pavitt, Councillor Pepper and the Chief Executive for their support. Uh, it has been invaluable, truly has. However, getting to this stage has not been without problems. Let me explain. It was some six weeks ago that the Lib Dems and Green Councillors sent to all members a motion on Black Lives Matter, racial injustice and the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on the BME community. Sadly, this was met with hostile responses from some members. One member said the following. Is this really a serious proposal or am I just dreaming? Sorry, but I could never put my name underlined to such a document. He then went on to say, but to publish a document on behalf of UDC is a ridiculous idea. Please do not include my name on any such document. Bold and underlined. Another member wanted the council to agree a stale and sterile statement that directed people who have experienced racism and discrimination to a website. When challenged on this, he then called our motion a useless and politically motivated statement. Now, I know that the vast majority of members in this chamber do not agree with those hostile views. Yet the hostile responses demonstrate that there is still ignorance on the issue of racial and social injustice, as well as a denial, complete denial, that racism exists. Now, we need to tackle these issues and more importantly, be seen to be tackling these issues. Now, let's not kid ourselves that there are no racial inequalities. Published government data tells us that major ethnic and racial inequalities persist in employment, housing and the justice system. Some BME groups have twice the unemployment rate of their white British peers and are twice as likely to live in overcrowded housing. They are also more likely to be stopped and searched by the police. And we could also add, couldn't we, to the list, the alarming ethnic differences in deaths from COVID-19. Now, this statement we are discussing tonight is important as it demonstrates that we recognise the sentiment of Black Lives Matter. And more importantly, we are taking action to talk and engage with our community, as well as listen to them. So, in supporting the statement, we will be sending a powerful and progressive message 
to our community that we are adopting an actively anti-racist outlook within the areas that we have influence. Can't be silent on these issues. You're either for or against. We will also uh, acknowledge the need to challenge ourselves as individuals and in our own organisations about the dangers of unconscious bias. So let's, all of us in this chamber, support this statement. Agree that Black Lives Matter and endorse action to show that we stand on the side of racial and social justice. Now, I also want to extend a hand of friendship to those of you who feel you cannot support this. What I simply say to you is come and talk to me. I can explain to you how racism acts and how racism works out in society, having been a direct recipient of it. But I do want to extend a hand of friendship to you, as I say, for those that are against this particular motion. Finally, let me leave you with a quote from American abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who said, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Power concedes nothing without a demand. Never did, and it never will. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Khan. I'm going to pass over to Councillor Light to speak for no more than three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, and thank you, Councillor Khan. That was, uh, that was moving. So thank you for this opportunity to speak. And I thank from the heart our public speakers who had the courage today to speak about their personal experiences. I was deeply moved. Mr. Chair, Council, when George Floyd was so brutally murdered by the police, an offence was committed, not just against this man, but against humanity. The death of one single person caused by racist hate is one death too many. Racism, discrimination and prejudice have no place in our society. These are morally wrong and completely unacceptable. No one should be suffering as a result of these. How we reacted to the death of George Floyd says much about ourselves. We must ask ourselves, have we done enough to make our district a safe place for all? Do we even understand if we have a problem here in Uttlesford? Could we do more? We must work closely with our black and minority ethnic communities, listening to their issues and concerns and identifying the actions to address these. We must work closely with students at the County High and other schools across the district and with our Youth Council, who have expressed their deep concerns about racism. And we must work closely across our communities and across the Council to make sure our district is free from racism, discrimination and prejudice and is a truly inclusive and welcoming place to live. I'm sure that Councillor Pepper will take this forward with vigour, rigour and energy. Mr Chair, Council, it should never have taken so long for Council to take action. I have seen other institutions and Councils apologise for the length of time that it has taken, and I must echo that. But here I will thank our Lib Dem members, especially Councillor Khan, with whom the Greens worked closely over the past weeks to write and rewrite the statements and the proposal for action that were initially dismissed by some. And I would like to thank to those colleagues who subsequently collaborated to uh, write and complete and reach cross-party agreement. I'm certain that with good intent, all members of this council will step up tonight and vote unanimously in favour. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to now pass over to Councillor Pepper. 
and the portfolio holder, of course, on this issue. Councillor Thank Peck. Thank you, Chair. Uttlesford District Council welcome and support this principal statement. There was a delay in the preparation of this statement. However, I hope that most people will be satisfied that a delay to get it right is better than rushing it through and getting it wrong. Thank you, Councillor Khan, for raising the profile of global racial prejudice, which was clearly highlighted in the killing of George Floyd. As leader of the Equalities Portfolio, I welcome this equality policy framework, and at the heart of this policy is listening to Uttlesford's black and minority ethnic community, understanding the bar barriers that they face and what action must be taken. Councillor Jonathan Toy and I have offered our support for the independent panel. Thank you, Councillor Light, for your comments. Thanks to our other speakers as well tonight. They are all very um, greatly appreciated. Uttersford District Council understands the need to address any inequalities that arise at any point in any time during our leadership. Our strong statement for Black Lives Matter was published on the 8th of June 2020. It can be read on my current portfolio report and on our website. I have been working closely with Councillor Khan on what measures we can take to enlighten council members and the community. We started with the very personal blog by residents for Uttersford Town Councillor Jonathan Toy that went out to all councillors. We had a subsequent Zoom meeting with our community officers and a follow-up meeting will be scheduled to arrange an away day summit with council members. This needs to be recognised at an international level. Only then can we grasp the bigger picture. We will not tolerate any form of discrimination. We will consider all inequalities of equal importance and we will allow each individual matter in question a separate platform. By generalising on issues of great importance, it loses its rudimental meaning and it dilutes the underlining message. Black lives matter. We are in a unique situation during this challenging time to reflect on what is important. We are one race, one planet, and it is our duty to protect both from extreme harm. Lastly, I think it's fitting to quote John Robert Lewis, an American civil rights leader who sadly passed away on July the 17th, 2020. You are a light, you are a light. Never let anyone, any person or, on, or any force dampen, dim or diminish your light. Study the path of others to make your way easier and more abundant. Lean toward the whispers of your heart. Discover the universal truth and allow its dictates. Release the need to hate, to harbour division and the enticement of revenge. Release all bitterness. Hold only love, only peace in your heart, knowing that the battle of good to overcome evil is already won. Choose confrontation wisely, but when it is time, don't be afraid to stand up, speak up and speak out against injustice. And if you follow your truth down the road to peace and the affirmation of love, if you shine like a beacon for all to see, then the poetry of all the great dreamers and philosophers is yours to manifest 
in a nation, a world community, and a beloved community that is finally at peace with itself. Let us here tonight build a kinder, greener Uttlesford and be leaders of our nation and the world. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well done. Councillor Caton, please. Councillor Caton. I don't know where I must have left my my. You're uh, on now. You're on now. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, intend to speak on this, so so I will lower my hand. Okay, good. Councillor Barker, do you still want to speak? Uh, yes, I, if I could, Chairman. When I read the title of this, I was very excited, um, and it's an excellent paper. My only thought is it doesn't go far enough. Um, Councillor Pepper has just alluded to there are many people who are discriminated against and I would have liked to see more in this paper about those people with mental health difficulties, physical disease, people with Alzheimer's. Um, it's not just one group in society that are discriminated against, there are very many and I wouldn't want to lose sight of those other groups while well, pursuing this, this very worthwhile thing. I do appreciate this came out of the situation in America um, but please don't lose those, those other groups. Um, I'm 40% deaf. It is very isolating. It's very difficult. Um, I didn't even realise how deaf I was. You know, I have to sit in certain places in meetings. I have to face the front. I always had to at school. Um, and some of those hidden disabilities are, are as important as the very visible ones. So please don't lose sight of all those others. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Driscoll, are you there, Councillor Driscoll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, I agree with Councillor Barker, uh, like Councillor Barker, I'm also deaf as you may well know, um, and there are plenty of people out there that need our help. Um, I will be voting for this, but I would just like to um, say I was one of the people that did not want the first statement to go out, and I had reasons for this, and I did ask Councillor Khan to get back to me so as we can discuss them. I can't remember what date you said it was now, but I'm still waiting. I'm in support of this and will be voting for it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Khan, um, I'm sure, has an open heart and will be glad to speak to you at any, any stage. In fact, he's invited that. Thank you. Councillor Sell. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, this is an important issue, and I think the intention of the proposals is to keep it focused. I acknowledge what Councillor Barker has said. Uh, I spent most of my career working in the London Borough of Newham, which is a very diverse population teaching there. Uh, my stepson got married in Hyderabad in India at Christmas. But I'll just speak very briefly to part nine and that's about recognising the contribution made by BAME people. Because I know in Stansted, our um, residential homes, they wouldn't operate without those people. At Hargrave, I see every day women from black British women walking up Chapel Hill to go to work at Hargrave House. 
I also know that at the Mount Fitchett, all the section leaders are from Romania. So I think I just want to make that point. And it's about being inclusive. And you will remember, Chairman, you may remember, Chairman, that David Mawson, former Council David Mawson, when he was chair of the Community Committee way back in 2005, we did have an event which was there to celebrate diversity. Not much has been done some, since then. So I think this is an important initiative and it's a start which we should welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Councillor Lecon, are you with us there? Councillor Lecon? I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> You're on. You're next. You can speak now. Do you want? Do you wish to speak, Councillor Lecount? You're muted, Councillor Lecount. Right, I'm okay now. Okay. You don't need to speak, or you want to speak? I, I wish to speak. Sorry. Okay. Um, Go thank you thank very you. much. Are you okay? Okay. Yeah, you're okay. Thank now. you very much to uh, Councillor Con for, for for bringing me to the fore, which uh, I was probably only second to Councillor Driscoll that replied to the original statement. And the original statement was not acceptable because it missed a lot of points out that I think was very, very important. And in my matter is all lives matter, you know? And then I listened to Councillor Barker, who then talks about mental groups. Um, I come from the East End of London and I've worked with lots of different people, lots of groups, all sorts, Jewish, black, Indian, whatever. So I'm very much, I will support this action tonight. I really I find, I find it very, very unfair to actually start quoting at the very beginning because statements were made, but they were made in the right vein. They were not made to go against. And I, did, I do really take objection to the fact is that actually Councillor Cole actually decided to just read my email. So... I'm sorry about that, but all lives matter in, in my case, and uh, I will be uh, voting for the for the motion. Thank you. I'm very pleased to hear that. I'm reminded of something somebody said. In fact, I think it was Councillor Lees had said to me. Uh, it's a little bit like houses. All houses matter, but it's the one that's on fire at this particular time that needs attention. I think this this is exactly what we're talking about tonight, but thank you. Councillor Khan, do you want to come back now? I, I do. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, to respond to Councillor Khan, um, uh, 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 brief inter interaction there. Actually, I didn't name you. I just read your email. So you've obviously named yourself on that one, so uh, that's on public record now. Um, All right. The second issue is actually, I was remiss, actually, in terms of thanking people. Um of course, Councillor Pavitt was instrumental in this, as well as uh, Councillor Pepper, but also Miss Councillor Taylor. Uh, yes, absolutely. So I do want to acknowledge the um, the acknowledgement from Councillor Taylor and all of those about Black Lives Matter. And of course, Chair, you're right. Black lives do matter. All lives matter. But actually, this is about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, White lives are not in dispute at this moment in time. I think we really do need to have some awareness around what Black Lives Matter mean and the sentiment of it, because um, I think it's really important, because I do think there is some understanding. I think 
Thank you very much, Councillor Khan. I think there's some good conversations to be had offline as well on this. Um, we have so many people want to speak. Uh, Councillor Lees, I hope you didn't mind me quoting you. Councillor Lees? Um, we did agree, actually, at the leaders' meeting that we would all agree uh, not to speak and we would all be seen as one council that we are so totally against this. So I've come in because other people have. But thank you for taking that. Is my quote, um, which obviously I got from somewhere else. Um, and I, So you've taken my wit out of myself, but that is right. And I just want to... Uh, I think it was Councillor Barker who said she was deaf and mental ill. Um, I also wear hearing aids and all of those things. But at this moment, nobody is discriminating for or against anybody else in this particular thing. As Councillor Khan said, at this particular point, we are asking about Black Lives Matter because where yep. we are at the moment. Thank you. So we all support it. Oh, can That's... I just say, I know I do need to say that um, Councillor Pepper as you saw from her emotion response then, um, as the portfolio holder for this, she will ensure that when this has been voted on, and I'm sure it's going to be voted on unanimously, will be carried out, um, adhered to, she will ensure that this council does exactly what it says in that statement tonight. Yes. And uh, like Councillor Kerner, I, I, I'm a bit amiss on not mentioning everybody's when I, I can barely read at the moment, so I, I apologise and didn't include Councillor Pava or Councillor Taylor in that. But every all the council lead, leaders uh, and uh, as, as, as Councillor Cantor gave great support to this and uh, is very much appreciated. Councillor Dean. Councillor Dean. I'm here, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I'd just like to remind everybody that it's nearly that nearly 200 years have elapsed since as enslaved people in the British Empire ceased to be slaves. Yet in the 21st century, people in Britain still suffer from discrimination that is based on race, ethnic origin and the colour of their skin. The Council will be deciding, I feel confident this evening, to listen to the experiences of local people. We may find that some of our residents, workers and students have been discriminated against because of their ethnic origin. Some people may say they've been passed over for employment because of the colour of their skin. Children and adults may tell us that they have suffered racial abuse at school, work or play. Much of the discrimination in this district is likely to be hidden. It has taken us six weeks to get to a decision this evening to act. However, with the right willingness now to listen, we councillors may all benefit from a greater understanding of what we have to do to bring about change for the better. Unless we listen, we may continue to believe we live in a society founded on equal op equality of opportunity. We will be that Will that be because we are mostly, mostly comfortable middle class, white and complacent? Now is the time to take stock. Then we have an obligation to ensure there is action to put right what is wrong, what we find is wrong. We must drive out the remnants of what are past attitudes from a bygone age. So I endorse the recommendation and certainly will be voting for it. Thank you. 
Thank you, Councillor Dean. Councillor Gregory. Sorry, Chair, to interject. Um, I just wanted to say that Councillor Asker, who's telephoned into this meeting and can't use the raise hand option, also would like to speak um, when you have a moment. Well, maybe take Councillor Asker if she's been hanging about and spending money on her phone. Thank you. (laughs) Councillor Asker, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been enlightening to listen to everything on the phone this evening. I'm sorry. I can't be there via the visual link. Um, I would just like to say I did put my hand up way back when the presentations were being made. And to Councillor Khan, uh, from a personal issue, I would like to thank you in particular for your presentation this evening. I think you make exceedingly valid points. Um, It goes without saying that uh, this will be a unanimous vote this evening. I don't know why there is continuous conversation. It is unnecessary. It goes without saying that it moves forward. But as I say, on a personal note and for personal reasons, I would like to thank you, Councillor Carney. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Gregory? Thank you, Chair. Um, I'm going to be voting for this enthusiastically and... I'd also like to thank councillors Pavitt, Khan, Light, Taylor, Pepper, and most of all, the chief executive for the exquisite drafting of this particular statement. It really is absolutely excellent, and a huge amount of work has gone into that. And councillor Khan is quite right. Black lives do matter. And to bring these matters to our attention is of profound importance. And one cannot help but be moved by the public speaker's we have, have had this evening, and I thank them for that. There thank is, you. however, one small point of dispute which I feel does need to be clarified. There have been some comments about the amount of time it took for this to be agreed. Councillor Pepper did make the very good point that it had to be right, and it is right. It is very well drafted indeed. But it's perhaps worth pointing out that the first drafts that were circulated were... I think we can perhaps say questionable in terms of the way they were phrased. Indeed, they, I don't doubt inadvertently, gave support to organisations which perhaps do not embody some of the wishes of this council. In particular, it gave support to an organisation that has made explicitly anti-Semitic statements as part of its uh, public relations activity. Um, Anti-Semitism is something that I have huge personal issues with. Like Councillor LeCount, I was born in East London and grew up in North London in a heavily Jewish area. My father used to joke that we were the biggest minority group where we lived. One of my neighbours was a Holocaust survivor. So I am delighted that we have taken the time to get this right and to draft it clearly and precisely. And I'm sorry if that took a little bit longer than one might have hoped, but far better that it took a little bit longer than that we inadvertently did something that we might regret. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Um, democracy is sometimes a little bit messy, but it's better than any alternative, isn't it? Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Lachlan, are you there? Yes, no, I was just turning myself on. Well, I, I don't usually... Uh, do personal personal things, but I wanted to say that I think Councillor hit that spot on from what she said. This is the topic at the moment. Um, it's personal to me, 
I have a Korean daughter-in-law who has had prejudice in her life. I had a son with mental health issues who unfortunately died a few years ago, 34 years of age. Um, and also, I'm as deaf as a post, so I could qualify. <laughs> I hate to admit that took me ages. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, you know, we can all qualify for this. But what we're talking about now is Black Lives Matter. This is the topic of the day since we saw these awful incidents in America still carrying on. And I have to say they've, they've happened here as well. But my plea is, thinking about a portfolio, the portfolio holder, and I think uh, Councillor Pepper uh, did a wonderful speech. It brought me to tears. But I really do hope that we don't make this political because it isn't and it shouldn't be. It needs to be independent and it needs to be all of us working together to stop this terrible racism. Uh, and, and I really say that very passionately. I feel very strongly about the other groups as well. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to see organisations. I know that mine does a very good job uh, uh, in mental health issues. Uh, but I really, really want to please, can we make this an independent group and, and have people coming in from outside? We heard a, a lady earlier, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. We spoke very passionately, passionately. And, and I would like to see people like that in this as well. So can we forget the politics and this issue, please, and all work together to get rid of racism in this, especially in this area, because this is where we represent. And before I cry, that's all I want to say. Thank you. Councillor uh, Cassioni. Well, I wasn't going to speak this evening. I wholeheartedly support the motion, um, but I, I was inspired to speak when I heard two of our public speakers. Um, I actually grew up in Loughton in the same ward that was represented by the BNP. Uh, so we may well have been neighbours, Mr Brett. But I experienced uh, or observed some of the uh, some of the remarks, some of the activity there um, going to school. I then moved to Chingford, which is where Mrs. Nake was talking about her experiences. And again, being at school there, I observed much of that activity. And it's very prominent. And I think I'm very sorry to say that at the time when you're at school, you're a bit embarrassed. You don't want to step up. You don't want to say something. That fear of being, you know bullied yourself or being told where to go. Um, so I guess subconsciously I'm very sorry about that and that's why I'm wholeheartedly supporting um, our efforts to do something and which has been led so well uh, over the last few weeks by all of the group leaders, by uh, Councillor Khan and all of those other names that we've listed tonight. I, I'm really glad and really fortunate to be a member of this council at a time when we'd all been, we've all been able to, to come together on such an important issue. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Now, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I had decided not to speak on the subject um, because it's quite close, but racism in all its forms is hurtful and hateful. It's a frightening thing, and, and the funny part about it is that when I got to the UK, I found it the most wonderful society. It's a tolerant, caring society. We do care. I believe each one of us does. And we can look at ourselves and check it out. But complacency is the enemy of social justice. And it's the right thing to do, to question each time. You know, they say the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. 
we need to be vigilant. We need to understand if there are things we can improve, we need to do so. So it's not, it's something we must fix and we must fix it now. So I will heartily support this process. And I thank Ayub and, and, and Barbara and, and, and Richard for putting this thing together. Thank you. Thank you. Um, again, um, I think we're, we're done on this one. I will take a vote and I'd just like to say thank you all for your contribution. Thank you all the group leaders. Thank you everybody. And it's been actually wonderful hearing this tonight. I've been so proud. <laughs> right, now, if we, if we can finish with the debate, I'd like to take, to, I'd like to know, is there any dissent? I think we'll start with that. Please let me know if there's any dissent. Ben, can you see any dissent? Chris? I can't see no, it. Chair, no, no dissent whatsoever. I will take that then as a unanimous vote, and I'm very pleased that we have done. Thank you very much indeed, and thank you for what I felt was a very good moment in Uttlesford's history. Thank you. Um, now I'm going to invite uh, Councillor, uh, item 10, Councillor Cristioni to present his motion to Council regarding fireworks. Are you there and ready, Councillor Cristioni? I am indeed, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, well, it's a bit of a wrong seal motion. Uh, that's what it says on the tin. Um, but this is something that was raised to me by a, a resident. And so um, I, what's the procedure? Do I need to actually read out the motion? Um, the motion is in front of you. You can paraphrase it. I was going to do it. But I thought I'd let you um, pick out the issues which you wish to present in favour. Right, well, I'll, 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 I'll speak once then and, and say... Okay. Um, that you know, this motion may come as a bit of a surprise, somewhat a bit random and, and out of nowhere. Um, and when I wrote that, I thought, interestingly, that's how people see fireworks too. They're out of nowhere, a bit of a surprise and completely unexpected. The motion this evening sets out a bit of a plan to make more of our responsibility of care to our residents, animals, both domestic and otherwise, and of course the environment as it looks to urge this council and the government to do more. I'd like members to support this motion on three grounds. Unexpected fireworks display, both public and private, can have an extremely negative impact on the welfare of animals from horses through to cats, dogs and other household pets. In addition to animals, fireworks cause a lot of stress, injury and fear in humans. For those with underlying medical conditions relating to trauma and mental health respectively, as well as other things, Often a fireworks displayed by a neighbour, local village hall or even a larger venue can trigger and worsen those personal issues with sometimes tragic consequences. The materials used in fireworks are often plastic and not environmentally friendly. This is a key consideration and in an age where we are looking more at waste, we need to think about what message we send out by standing by as this harmful material is exploded across our landscape for momentary enjoyment if it really is something that floats your boat or lights your rocket. My motion is not to ban fireworks, albeit I would say at this point, and I'm sorry to be a killjoy, I'd happily advocate for that, uh, if in my ability to do so, and if it was something that a local authority could do. Um, but it's about giving notice and making sure that people are aware of the often unseen effects that displays have on animals, people and environment. This is not about killing people's joy. It's about our collective responsibility to others, often those silent and with difficulties that many of us cannot see. It's about caring for animals, caring for our planet uh, as its temporary custodians. Please support this motion. It's very sort of clearly worded, and I won't claim credit for that. It's actually based on 
a motion that's been publicised and advertised by the RSPCA, albeit that I've, uh, I've done a bit of an edit to go a bit further than they did um, so that we can really make our mark here. Um, I hope that members will come together and support it. Thank you for putting that so well. And I understand you have a seconder. Is that right, Councillor Driscoll? That's correct, Chair. Good. And um, Councillor Driscoll, would you like to say anything at this point? Uh, can I reserve my comments? Okay, yep. Councillor Lavelle, then. Councillor Lavelle? Okay, thank you. Uh you muted yourself, Councillor Lavelle. Thank you. Yes, in many ways, I support a lot of this motion uh, because I have a daughter who is extremely worried, scared of, uh, of loud sounds, unexpected sounds. However, my concern with this motion comes after talking with uh, some of the organisations in the district that, that organise um, firework uh, displays. Um, and and this is slightly ironic because of uh, my position as the, the chair of the licensing committee, licensing environmental health committee, but I don't understand why we would like to urge, uh, to urge the UK government to explore fireworks licensing for private and public use. The other elements of this uh, motion I totally agree with, but I don't feel that actually trying to, to, uh, to impose a licensing obligation um, is appropriate under these circumstances. I know that uh, I should have put in an amendment if I'd wished to have an amendment put in uh, two days ago. Uh, so this is a slightly late uh, circumstance, but I, I just don't feel that, that licensing is appropriate in this circumstance. And I think the, but I do believe the other four parts of this motion are admirable and I and I'd be prepared to support that. So I don't know if Councillor Cristioni would uh, be, be prepared to look at uh, whether he'd be, uh, he'd be prepared to amend the, this or bring it back later without this, this request for licensing, which again, I don't see it that it adds to the motion and I think it, it risks um, us being seen as trying to interfere too much in people's lives. Uh, perhaps when he rounds up, uh, Councillor Cristione, would you round up at the end and then think about that option? If you just answer me, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I used to adore fireworks. I used to go out of my way to watch them uh, and go to professional displays and things like this, but times change. Uh, and fireworks are one of the very good examples of the way times have changed. Whenever I see a display, there are a variety of things that I consider. One is that animals don't like the noise at all. And I was largely brought up in the country and on a farm. And I can tell you that animals don't get on very well with fireworks at all. The other thing which I always notice is the huge amount of chemicals that are being dumped into the atmosphere. Uh, quite an astonishing amount. You don't see it so much, of course, it's generally nighttime, but the amount of ordnance going off at some times of the year is extraordinary, uh, and it concerns me deeply. So I, I think we, we're entering the time when fireworks are becoming history, uh, and I think we need to recognise that, both for our health and for all sorts of other reasons. So I'm, I'm supportive of this motion, despite the fact that I absolutely adore fireworks, and I still do. But uh, 
I recognize that I think we've grown out of them, as it were. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much. Councillor Jones. Thank you, Chair. Um, the, for the motion, points one and two, I am wholeheartedly in support of. Um, I think they're very, very good ideas. Um, some of the other points, um, I, I don't think I can support, um, because there are quite a fireworks openly on, um, which are used in displays nowadays, and it's up to the, the, the person displaying or the person who's using them. There's plenty of legislation uh, within this country to ensure that there is social use of fireworks. And also, there is quite a bit of legislation concerning the public use and in public displays. Um, so I would wholeheartedly support this motion on points one and two, but I don't think I can support it on points three, four and five. So if Councillor Chris Cazzoni is minded to slightly amend it, then I would wholeheartedly support points one and two. I'll leave it with him to discuss it at the end, if he wants to or not. Councillor Day, the good Councillor Day. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, I'd also like to uh, um, back Councillor Bell. I'm his on environmental uh, health and licensing, and I think he makes a, a very good point. Um, so, uh, therefore, I would uh, urge um, Councillor Cusioni to uh, consider that. I would support it, apart from the licensing um, aspect. Okay, that's good. Councillor Evans. Uh, thank you, uh, Chairman. Um, I'd just um, I'd be grateful if um, Councillor Christiani could perhaps uh, give some attention to the definition and the scope of what is meant by a public artwork display. Um, I say that with a view to uh, providing clarity to organisers of such displays um, to enable them to determine whether or not uh, a display was going to be private or, or public. I'm not quite sure um, at which point does a display become uh, public. Um, is it only when there's over a certain number of uh, people attending, whether a certain number of people are invited, whether people pay to attend and so on? I think it would be appropriate for there to be clarity so that organisers and, and attendees uh, should be aware of uh, what the um, provision uh, actually provides. Thank you. Councillor Cook? Yes, it's along the same lines as Councillor Evans and uh, to another former colleagues. I, I can't support the, uh, the motion purely on the basis of uh, its lack of clarity on whether I'm going to break the uh, Uttersville District Council's law by put by myself £40 of fireworks and doing it in my back garden, which I haven't got, actually. Um, or, or what? I'm very, very sceptical about the clarity, but also I would oppose it anyway on the licence, and I don't believe it should be licensed. Thank you. There are parts of the United Kingdom where fireworks are actually banned. I think it's Northern Ireland. They don't have fireworks. <laughs> yes, well. True. That's true. So it's, it's not unusual. Councillor Cristioni, do you want to, can I offer some help here? Do you want to you've take, to take into account what's been said or uh, do you want to uh, carry on with the motion as it is or withdraw the motion and bring it back after some thought? I'll leave, I'll leave it with you to come and speak to me now. So, um, I mean... Oh. Every contribution was, was most welcome and, and absolutely understood. Um, there are a couple of points of clarification I'd like to make. 
And then, if possible, those ones that I'm clearly going to say I cannot clarify on, um, it'd be grateful. I'd be grateful if those members could come back and then say, "Well, I propose that we remove, uh, you know, paragraph X, and then we can do so." If that's okay with you, Chair. Yep, we've got a bit of a time issue beginning to to happen here. Uh, are we awesome. near? Are we, are we near the witching hour? Um, I'm just kind of we, we've, we've yes, we've it. gone past the two hours mark, Chair, yeah, yes. So I need to formally ask if we can continue the meeting, do you or not? Yes, please. Is there any objection to continuing the meeting? There doesn't seem to be any objection, so I will continue the meeting. But let's keep it brief, ladies and gentlemen. We're, 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 we've got into a longer meeting than okay. I thought. Yes. Uh, I can hear you, Don. You've frozen on me. I don't know if you can hear me, Don. Could I offer a suggestion? Yes. Uh, if I can offer a suggestion that you might want to take an adjournment at this a short adjournment, a comfort break, that might allow yeah. Councillor Crisioni to share some views with some colleagues. Obviously, uh, it is only Councillor Crisioni who can amend his motion and with the yeah. consent of the of Council, uh, because yeah. obviously we do have procedures around amendments. Of course. I think that's a good idea. How long will we have? Ten minutes? A ten-minute break? I... I will just suspend the meeting then for 10 minutes now and you can go and have a cup of tea or whatever you need to do. I'll see you in 10 minutes. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Go for it. Are we back on? Are we... We're back. Sorry, um, Ben, can you just confirm we're back on? We're back on, Chair. So after, the, after discussion with the uh, with contributors from the debate, um, we have come to a solution. 
Um, and so the motion proposed is as follows. This council resolves and points one and two from your motion before you uh, remain exactly the same. Points four and five have been removed. Point three remains, but the wording is as follows. To encourage in the same public awareness campaign, the use of quieter fireworks and the emphasis of their use in public and private displays. So there are three points, one and two the same, and then the point three that I've just raised there. I'm happy to clarify that again if members request and obviously um, receive rebukes if that wasn't as agreed, but I, I believe it was. That's good. Now, we, we, do have a, we do have a question from Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, this is a bit more, I have to say. I've been on about this for ages, and I would have liked to have seen the uh, fire lanterns, or we used to call them Chinese lanterns, included in this because they are very dangerous. At one time, um, they were banned on council properties. We had a motion during the last administration which went through unanimously, I have to say, um, because they had caused so much destruction and death to animals uh, and um, crops and things like that. So I would have liked to have seen something like that included in this, but that's a personal point of view. You may not agree. I think we may just be stretching, as, as, as Dawn said, the, um, the credibility of amendments. Uh, Councillor Cassioni. Sorry, Councillor Lees, you wanted to come in. Sorry. Cause... Quickly, um, I was under the impression that as it was passed before, the Chinese lanterns and balloons, would we need it Would we need it again in the fireworks? We've, I thought we'd already done it. It's already part, passed part of the council. On council property it was, wasn't it? Sorry, are we talking now? Uh, yeah. During... Administration. I don't know if it's in this administration. It certainly was before. I yeah. don't know that that is being carried out, and whether we, they are still being banned on council property. Yeah, I think that would need to be clarified. If I could su suggest, Councillor Lachlan, Councillor Lees, that we pick that up at a different time, because I think we we really do run the risk of um, going round in circles here. Councillor Driscoll. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um... I would just like to say I actually agree with uh, Councillor Cristoni with the changes yeah. and obviously with your um, indulgence we, we could go forward. I would like to say to Councillor Loughlin that I'm quite happy to proceed with her to um, take care of the Chinese ancients ones well at a different point. Good. I think that's that's a good thing to do and I would, <coughs> I would welcome that as well. I think Councillor Loughlin's quite right. But uh, back to you Councillor uh, Christiane, can you take your um, your uh, proposal now? Absolutely. So um, I have one closing remark, and that's clearly from Councillor Esker's contribution in uh, the break. Um, there is a wider campaign to think about here. So I think I'd like yeah. to think take that offline. And actually, um, you know, the, the Chinese fire lantern issue could also be incorporated into that. I don't know. There's more to come, I guess. It seems there's a willingness to extend yeah. that conversation. Um, so, do I need to read my motion again? Um, very briefly, uh, I think it's important at this point, then I'm going to take it straight to the vote. I'm not taking any more questions. This council resolves, one, to encourage all public fireworks displays within Uttlesford District Council's administrative boundary to be advertised in advance of the event, in, in, uh, of the event 
allowing residents to take precautions for their animals and vulnerable people. To actively promote a public awareness campaign about the impact of fireworks on animal welfare and vulnerable people, including the precautions that can be taken to mitigate risks. And three, to encourage in the same public awareness campaign the use of quieter fireworks and the emphasis of their use in public and private displays. Excellent. Is there any dissent? Please let me know now. As far as I can see, not. As I go through it, that's it. There is no dissent. That's carried. Thank you very much, Councillor Chris Hunt. Right. Okay, we're moving on. We're getting there. Now, this is um, <laughs> item 11. I invite uh, Councillor Pavitt to present his motion to full council regarding waters and rivers. And like we did before, um, if you, you could uh, give the brief details of, of the motion, which incidentally has been very welcomed by CPRE, I noted. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'll keep it as brief as I can. It's a pretty big subject. Um, I imagine most people here this evening will be aware that some parts of the UK, particularly in the southeast of England, are forecast to experience severe water shortages. The timescale most often suggested is 20 years. However, here in Uttlesford, there could be a significant water supply problem within five years. And that's not my opinion. It is the judgment of Affinity Water, the company supplying Uttlesford. As there's so many inconvenient truths, doing something about this problem has been kicked down the road by successive governments and, I suspect, by successive administrations and council. The 2012 and 2018 Uttlesford Water Cycle Studies uh, carried out during the local plan process, clearly predicted a water supply problem in Alsford. Um, there are two interrelated issues. One is the sufficiency of water supply, and the other is the damage to our rivers if we continue using the same source. We are in effect robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, the motion before you today makes specific reference to the chalk streams that rise in our district. That's because the chalk streams are the bellwether of our water situation. For thousands of years, the chalk aquifer that lies below the surface here in this part of England um, has been the, the, the lifeblood um, of our rivers. Um, they come out through springs created predominantly in the northern part of Bustle because it lays on a chalk base. Um, and they are the historic source of most of our streams and rivers. Um, the water in our district is supplied by means of boreholes that abstract water from that same chalk aquifer. And we share that aquifer with Cambridge City and South Camps, among others. There are no reservoirs to speak of in the supply process for this area. If you take the River Cam as an example, the first 10 miles of this iconic river are in Uttlesford. It has been getting progressively lower and lower. The lack of flow is killing the river because there isn't sufficient water to dilute and wash away pollutants or to keep the riverbed clean. Like many people, I suspect, I assumed that the problem was one of lack of rainfall. But after researching the subject, it was clear this is not the case. The mean annual rainfall feeding the aquifer has remained substantially unaltered for 60 years. 
Despite this, the water table has fallen steadily over the past 20 years. There can only be one conclusion. Too much water is being abstracted from the aquifer. So much so that the natural springs no longer function year-round. Long stretches of our chalk streams are dry, and very often what water you may see in the river is actually recycled sewage outflow. It's not natural spring water. When you combine this scenario with the prospect of unpredictable and uneven rainfall due to climate change, which we're bound to be uh, experiencing at some point in the relatively near future, we clearly face a serious problem, not only in Oxford, but throughout East Anglia. Um, it's not for us uh, at a district council to propose a solution. That's for the water companies and the environment agency. But I feel it is our job to lobby on behalf of our residents to ensure that they continue to receive an adequate supply of clean water and enjoy properly flowing healthy rivers. It should not be a choice between supplying households and maintaining our rivers. We also have it in our power to create policies that will ensure future house building in Ashmansford is to the highest standards of water efficiency and conservation. Uh, before turning to the motion before Council, uh, I would just leave you with this thought. There are barely 200 chalk streams in the world. Um, the south and eastern regions of England are home to some 80% of those streams, and several of them here in Uttlesford. The mineral-rich alkaline water of a chalk stream creates a unique habitat. In some ways, you could call chalk streams uh, England's rainforests. They are our contribution to global ecology and something that should be treated with respect and preserved for future generations. Now, turning to the, 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 the full motion, you have it in your packs there in detail, so I'm going to paraphrase rather than re read it word for word. Um, what I'm looking for is a requirement upon council to lobby those in authority to pay attention to the problem, um, to pay particular attention to suspend sustainability of water supply to new housing developments and when creating the new local plan, to introduce water efficiency and conservation measures in new build houses, and to call on the Environment Agency to do its job properly and protect our rivers. This is a cross-party motion, and on behalf of my co-proposers, councillors Caton, Crisioni, Fairhurst, Luck and Taylor, I commend this motion to council. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. And if I could, um, that's a very well um, put proposal and motion. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, yes, this is this is a an extremely urgent matter, and I think it warrants our fullest attention. We simply must act. The motion, though, I must point out, is the result of many months of work by Councillor Pavitt, and I think we should applaud him for the thoroughness of his efforts. I urge everyone to support this today. It's a marvellous piece of work. Yeah, yeah. Councillor Evans. Sorry, Chair, can I interrupt Sorry? before Councillor Evans? We, we haven't had a seconder for the motion yet. Oh, I do apologise. I understand that... Councillor Pepper wishes to second that. Is that right, Councillor Pepper? Uh, yes, and I wish to just say a, a short few words as well. Yes. But um, I'm, I'm, I'll wait my turn. If, if I'll wait. Are you sure? Okay. Sorry about that, Don. Thank you very, thank you very much, uh, Chairman. 
Um, I, um, like uh, Councillor Fairhurst, uh, commend um, uh, this work. It is a great deal of research uh, that's gone into it, and I was very um, privileged to uh, have the opportunity of providing some comments upon uh, upon a draft. Um, as a Welshman, I have a great deal of interest um, in water, as uh, will have been seen from some rather humorous exchanges uh, among us recently. Uh, but on a serious note, and wearing my planning portfolio hat, uh, this subject in terms of sustainability for the future generally for the district is something which um, we will be sure to uh, research properly, ascertain the evidence uh, and get to the uh, right solution for our district. But of course, water is no respecter of district boundaries. Uh, and uh, picking up on something which Council, Councillor Barker asked earlier, uh, certainly this is, this is one area where a duty to cooperate uh, perhaps in future should be uh, better put into effect than it might have been in the past. Uh, as to our neighbours, uh, East Hearts, for example, has got two specific water policies in their local plan and are looking to uh, improve upon uh, those policies uh, as, we, as we speak uh, now. Um, our policy goes back, of course, to 2005, and it's extremely limited indeed in what it currently provides. Uh, so uh, I will be uh, very keen to develop um, our evidence base um, and uh, seek to have um, better policies for Attlesford in respect of water generally. Uh, but I do uh, support the motion uh, covering uh, the whole area uh, as described by uh, Councillor Pavitt in his uh, paper. Um, I will certainly be voting uh, in favour. You're muted, Councillor Foley. Oh, it's bangs of heart and wonder. Councillor Khan, sorry about that. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, well, I just want to add the congratulations to Councillor Pavitt. It's a really, really good paper, and it uh, really highlights an essential area of work that we should agree on. So well done, uh, Councillor Pavitt. You've set the standard for uh, papers coming to Council. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Khan. Thank you for your brevity as well. Uh, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Uh, just as a point of order, I wasn't sure if I heard a seconder for the previous motion of Councillor Christianides. Uh, I may have missed it, so just you, one more. Yeah, we did. We had uh, Councillor Driscoll. Okay, thank you. Um, so on this one, I had a long chat with uh, Councillor Pavitt, and uh, actually when I read all this, it's, it's quite scary mm. how real it is. Uh, mm. And I can speak from personal experience in Takeley that we've had water issues in Takeley for many, many years... Uh, and Affinity Water have put in boosters to improve the, the flow of water, but they've done nothing to improve the volume of water we get. Uh, and that may be as a direct result of the lack of water available. So I, I can speak from experience that we need urgent action. So if they say five years, it's probably sooner. So I think we need urgent action. And I think, um, I think it's vital that we do something within the local plan infrastructure discussions to make sure that we get something uh, for the future that's going to serve this district in the way it needs to. Thank you. Councillor Hargreaves. 
thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Councillor Hargreaves has basically said similar to the things that I was going to say. Um, as an, as, so yes, I'll keep it quick. As an avid dog walker, and I've walked this whole district during lockdown, um, mainly for the long term, but um, I've seen all the strangers slowly diminishing. But I also like to agree with the CPRE, who have endorsed, and I quote them, this foresighted move. And I totally agree with Councillor Pavitt of we may not be able to come up with a solution, but we most certainly can lobby those to hold to account. And if I may just say, I'll keep it brief, um, coming into local government, I always wanted to see the District Council work together and cross-party, coming to a solution together. And it's wonderful to see that today, and I will fully support it. And congratulations to everybody for working together. Thank you. Well done. Councillor Isham? Yeah, I, I totally support this thing. It's an absolutely fantastic initiative. It's something that uh, has been raised many times in other areas. And yeah, these, these short streams are absolutely incredibly vital that we've maintained. On the local plan issue, we are mandated to build a certain number of houses set by central government policy. A uh, question for us all to ponder is how on earth can we even think about providing those houses if we can't supply the water? It's all very well having it brought in from other areas, but that puts pressure on those areas. The water is a resource that needs to be looked at, and if housing requirements and planning dictates ignore it, I can't actually see an answer to it. We cannot simply treat water as an endless resource that we can ship in, pipe in, move through river courses just to supply the endless growth that it perhaps is in the wrong areas. The lobbying of central government to look at this is an absolute priority. Cannot build housing development just because it says so in an area if the infrastructure and water is an infrastructure is not available. I question those whole figures that are put forward. Thank you very much. Councillor Cristiani, just to tell you, we're heading towards 10 o'clock here. But very brief for me, I mean, Councillor Isham actually uh, took the wind out of my sails there because I would say exactly the same thing. I would just Good. be concerned that the, uh, the water companies will always tell you that they have the water there to provide for new homes. So it's up to us, and I think this motion makes it abundantly clear that we need to force them to look seriously at it and look at the realities of the situation. Um, if I, as an avid fisherman, uh, going tomorrow can see the degradation of our rivers and waterways, not being an expert in the subject matter, then seriously something must be done. So I, I really appreciate the sentiment behind the motion. I'll wholeheartedly support it. Well done. Uh, Councillor Light. Thank you. Yes, um, I, I can absolutely endorse what is being said here. And thank you, Councillor Pavich and uh, colleagues who have worked on this. It is absolutely critical. And I do agree that we should be talking with government to ask them a very fundamental question. What happens when the water runs out? Um, because um, certainly in many parts of the world, it, it is a resource that is so precious that uh, it's actually likely that there will be water wars, in inverted commas. Um, I would suggest that when we talk about this, uh, about water supply, we should be broadening it out to our neighbours, because um, Cambridge particularly, with whom uh, who are building vast amounts of houses, and of course the Cam is, is a river that runs straight into Cambridge. 
and wherever else our water sources come from, which would probably include Hertfordshire. Okay. I will certainly be voting in favour. Good point. Councillor Locke. Stuart, you there? Yes, uh, I was proud to be part of the uh, group putting this together. Uh, Debden and Wimbish Ward is where we have three rivers rising, the Pant, the Chelmer and the Cam. Uh, parts of these, as you heard, are now dry. Uh, going to Affinity Water, they assured us that they could maintain the flow of the Cam by pumping water from Grafham Water. Now, this water is from a different source and it does not support the same ecology as we have in these uh, chalk streams. So I fully support the motion and I, as uh, Councillor Isham says, I can't see how you can build lots of houses when you haven't got the resources of water. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Taylor. Councillor Taylor. Uh, th thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd like to thank Councillor Pavitt for, pre for preparing this motion at the most appropriate time, right at the beginning of our local plan development. I'm not quite as gloomy as Councillor Hargreaves. I saw a Kingfisher infected about two or three days ago, but we have a different water. Ours is actually the, the, is the source of the Chelma, not the source of the Cam. However, also saying that I would like to comment on Councillor Christiani's comments about Affinity Water. I think Affinity Water admit that they actually have a problem in our water supply over the next 20 years, I think until 2040. Um, and I would also like to support Councillor Light's comments that we have to work with other people who are downstream of us, um, with particularly with the CAM, that we all have to work together and really uh, building thousands of new houses in this area is unsustainable. So thank you very much indeed, Councillor Pavitt, for your motion, which I wholeheartedly support. Thank you, well said. Uh Councillor Pepper, if I can just, I'm taking no more, if you could just round up that for me, please. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councillor Pavitt, for raising the rivers and water profile and the urgent need to address this very uh, serious issue. Can I congratulate you on your well-documented motion that clearly highlighted some very disconcerting facts. Rivers are the planet's most important source of biodiversity. Uttlesford faces a potential water supply crisis. The River Cam is at its lowest level since records began. Our chalk streams are being starved of water. The water table is so low that it no longer properly drives the spring, springs that supply the rivers. As you pointed out, this is due to over-extraction over many decades. The stretch between Audley End and Stapleford was classified as poor. Ulsterswood District Council must act to raise awareness of this threat and demand that those responsible for water supply and environmental protection act now to protect the supply of water to Ulsterswood and to avoid the loss of important river habitats. We have taken direct action to join up with the Water Rivers East, whose mission is to safeguard a sustainable supply of water for the east of England. Uttlesford District Council officers had a meeting with South Cam's Greater Cam's planners and amongst other issues discussed this major issue in the context of the local plan and are therefore collab uh, collaborating already. 
In addition, they are in contact with water company specialists to ensure we develop our expertise. As soon as this motion is passed, they will prepare and send out a letter to the Environmental Agency. I hope you will all endorse this worthy motion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so now a vote is needed, but I'll go straight away and ask, is there any dissent? Please let me know, speak up. Doesn't seem to be. No. So I then, uh, I can then say that's unanimous. Uh, your motion has been passed. Thank you very much for a very uh, well thought out uh, motion. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that will help us in our thoughts for the future. And uh, being no other business, I am now going to close the meeting at almost 10 o'clock. Thank you for your patience today. Sorry it's gone on so long. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Good night, John. Bye-bye. Good night, Mary Lou. Good night, Mary Lou. Bye-bye. I'll hold on just a quick one, Ben. Are you gone, Ben? I'm still here, Martin. Yeah, I'm waiting until... Is that okay?